You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, June 25th, 2023, the 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, titled God's Special Forces. Fear no one. First three words of the gospel today, fear no one. A challenge and profound, deep theological statement all through the scriptures, as we have heard. Fear no one. But that's hard to do because it goes against our nature sometimes. And I think sometimes we have to look to people who show courage. I was never a soldier never been a soldier, no soldiers, but I've always been appreciative of them and admired them. Growing up, I used to like to watch war movies. Back in the 70s and 80s, we used to watch war movies. I've seen all the Rambo movies. Yeah, that was me. But I also know when it comes to the military, there are special groups within the military that well, I guess you would call them elite fighting groups. The Army has its special forces and the Green Berets and the Navy SEALs and the Navy and the Rangers. The Air Force even has a pararescue that's an elite fighting group. Marine Recon. I was also reading about this, this strange or mysterious elite fighting group called SEAL Team 6 that we don't know a whole lot about. But we do know that they're all men and they're a little bit anonymous. We do know what they do. They go into the most dangerous places. They go into the dangerous spaces and risk their lives and their bodies. They're heroes, but they're anonymous heroes. And they go in those places to prepare for the regular you know, military to show up, but we need those sort of elite groups to go in there first. And I'm not brave enough to do that, but thank God there are people out there who are brave enough to do that. Now, I would say that God had his own sort of special forces elite fighting group, especially in the Old Testament. They were called prophets. They're called prophets. What did they do? They went into spaces that needed work, needed cleaning up, but they were dangerous enemy territory. This past week, I would say, is one of my favorite weeks, believe it or not. These past few days, Wednesday, Thursday, actually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday, we celebrated in the Mass some of the greatest heroes in the church, St. Aloysius Gonzaga. St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, and yesterday, St. John the Baptist. And I'd like to talk about all these guys, if you don't mind. Because for me, they're the church's special forces. The prophets of the church's special forces. There's all kinds of readings for the vigil of St. John the Baptist. And they involved in like the prophet Jeremiah. And I'd like to Put that up there, Billy. Could you put up Jeremiah 1.10? This is in the vigil mass for St. John the Baptist. It goes for all prophets. What are they supposed to do? Today I appoint you 
over the nations and kingdoms to bring flowers and cookies and be nice and join the, you know, the homeowners association. That's not what it says. Kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, and then what? To build and to plant. This is a special forces. This is a prophet's job. And as you hear today in the first reading, let us denounce him. Let us denounce him. He was not exactly greeted with open arms. Neither was John the Baptist. Neither was any of the prophets. But also, specifically when it comes to yesterday's feast, solemnity of St. John the Baptist, we have what he's supposed to do in Luke 1, 17. I feel like a Protestant minister. Please take out your Bibles and turn with me to chapter... And what does it say John the Baptist is supposed to do? He will go before the Lord in the spirit of the power of Elijah and turn the hearts of fathers to their children. I wasn't here on Father's Day, but I guess you're going to get my Father's Day sermon. To turn the hearts of fathers to their children, to the disobedient, to the wisdom of the righteous, and to make ready. Another translation says to make fit. What does it mean to be fit? Well, I guess the opposite is unfit. They're spiritually out of shape to make them fit to people prepared for the Lord, to whip them in the shape, which is what John the Baptist's was, job was supposed to be. And what are all these men have in common? Billy, you could take that down. As they were fearless, they were manly, they were alone, and they were ready to die. But I'd like to look at specifically today, and I'll get into St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, even St. Aloysius Gonzaga, which was Tuesday, which I think in many ways convicts us priests. St. Aloysius Gonzaga, and many priests like him, went out into the people during the pandemic of the Black Plague and brought oil and communion and how sometimes some of these put us to shame. But having said that, when we look at St. John the Baptist, we don't have the readings for that today, but I think most of you remember what got him killed. Calling out Herod in his immoral marriage. He objected to a marriage. In front of everybody. It is not right that you are married to your brother's widow. One man to another man calling him out. Now, Herod just listened and took it. Until that famous dance by his stepdaughter. We promised her the world, anything she wanted. And she connived with her mother. And what did she want? The head of John the Baptist. Now, Herod had a chance when his wife came and said, I want you to chop off the head of John the Baptist, he could have said, woman, what's wrong with you? I am not doing that. I am not doing that. But he didn't. He caved and did something violent. Can you imagine how things would have been different when Eve took that fruit and said, hey, Adam, why don't you take one? He could have said, no. Wife, I ain't doing that. What's wrong with you? Things would have been much different. 
but he caved. Now, there's some of the stories in the Old Testament a little bit R-rated. Many of you may have remembered the st story of Samson and Delilah. Was Samson the strong guy with his strength in his hair? And Delilah said, hey, where do you get your strength? And he could have said, Nunya. <laughs> but he told her, he caved, and it led to his demise. Now, he was able to redeem himself, but it cost him his life. He had to give his life as he pushed those pillars and said, Lord, give me one chance to give my life because I failed when I had a chance and now I can save us. And the Lord gave him that chance at the end of his life, but it cost him his life. And what are all these men doing? They were willing to die so they did not accommodate falsehood. They did not accommodate sin, bad leadership, weak men, Yes, am I saying John the Baptist and all these guys were the first Rambo, first Special Forces, Navy SEALs? Yes, they were. Because they, they saw that if I'm going to stand up for truth, it's going to cost me something, my life, and I'm going to do it. They feared no one on earth. They feared no one on earth. They did have fear. They feared God. And they feared hell. As we hear today, do not be afraid of someone who can kill the body. All of us are going to die. But fear the one who can kill forever in Gehenna. John the Baptist, all of them, St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, they had a fear of God and a fear of hell. But we also say that fear is not a bad thing. We learned from the psalmist that Fear is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end. It's the beginning of wisdom. You remember as children, we tried to obey our parents and our teachers. I remember I was afraid of Sister Mary Agnes. We followed her orders because we were afraid of her. But hopefully that fear turns to love. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. It's not the end. The end is love and it's a person. But I think it has to start with us fathers, spiritual fathers, biological fathers, being men and being men for our brides and being men for the church. So I'd like to tell you a little bit, if you don't know who St. John Fisher is, he was the Bishop of Rochester, England in 1535. So who is he? So he was a friend of the king's. He was would be considered now middle-aged man, but in 1535, if he was 65, he would have been an old man. He probably weighed about 90 pounds when he died. And King Henry VIII said, hey, Bishop, I want you to sign this document that says I'm the head of the Church of England and that my marriage to Anne Boleyn is, is valid. And he said, no, I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. And it cost him his head. Who is St. Thomas More? A biological father, a chancellor, has seven kids at least. And Henry VIII came to him too and said, Hey, Thomas, I want you to sign this decree of supremacy naming me the head of the Church of England and my marriage to Anne Boleyn valid. And he said the same thing that Adam 
that, that Herod should have said, I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. Now, you might think that the people of their time said, hooray, good job. If you look on YouTube, there's a little video of the death of John Fisher, and there's a few people who thanked him. But not for St. Thomas More. Even his family, even his wife said, can't you just sign the thing? What big deal? You save your life. And in a famous statement, and it's in a letter, St. Thomas More's daughter, Margaret, said, Daddy, can't you just follow us? And doesn't it bother our conscience to sign this document stating that Henry is the head of the church? And St. Thomas More famously said back to his daughter, Margaret, if I follow you in your conscience and signing this document, will you follow me into hell for going against my conscience? How that speaks to us today. What do all three have in common? St. John Fisher, St. Thomas More, St. John the Baptist. They objected to a marriage. And I would say to all of you who defend marriage, when you try to defend actual Christian marriage, get ready to have your head bit off. It's happened to me. It's happened to me. When you say that marriage is between a man and a woman, get ready. And they might not slice your head off, but it might feel like it. But I think it's to all of us, because we're all called to be prophets. Women, too. There's the prophetess Anna. And what does a prophet do? It goes to those spaces and speaks the truth. But what keeps us from going into certain spaces and speaking the truth? Because we're afraid. I'm afraid. We like comfort. We like safety. That's, we had this, we went on mission trip last week, and that was the saying from Pope Benedict, we are not made for comfort. Everybody desires comfort. You're not made for comfort, you're made for greatness. And greatness for a Christian happens sometimes in dangerous places. But we have to ask ourselves, what are we afraid of? And especially fathers. In honor of our past Father's Day, whether you're a biological father or a spiritual father or both, we're asked to lead, to be fearless. We do not have to be Green Berets or Navy SEALs or Rangers, but we are asked to be prophets, to love our bride, the church, and our brides and our children, to be like John the Baptist, who was also a celibate, and he's from a priestly family, and he really feared no one. Maybe sometime this week we can ask those questions. What am I afraid of? What keeps me from spreading the truth? And then say a little prayer to John the Baptist. Ask him, please pray for me. And I can be brave like you because you're brave like him. You've been listening to Fide in Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.